everyone. Welcome to The Agenda, the Gen-Based podcast. I'm Jen Goldbeck. And I'm Jen Coleslaw. And this week we have a special agenda that's a crossover event. So uh, so Jen Coleslaw has another podcast and a half, two podcasts? Yeah, something like that. Um, so I was out for a run and I was listening to the previous two episodes of your sidecar, which is your like weekly podcast. And the whole time I was like, I want it. This is my friend Jen Colso talking and I have things to say about what you just talked about. And so I made a list of like all the things that I wanted to respond to that you had just talked about. And so I thought that could be our agenda for this week. I'll be like, you talked about this thing and then we can talk about it. See, this is why we need to have live shows. Yeah, totally. <laughs> when, once there's no COVID, we'll totally do a live show. Yeah, I think because then we can, we can talk about things in real time. I think it would be super fun. Plus, we can bring gens on stage. All Other gens? All of them. They'll all, all the get, they'll all be VIPs or JIPs. <laughs> or VIJs. Very important, important gens. Yeah. B-I-J's. B-I-J's. <laughs> so on Sidecar, you talked about frozen custard and especially frozen custard shakes with espresso, which sounds delicious. It's and so good. I grew up in a place where we had both a Tasty Freeze that did frozen custard and then there was a local custard place. It's still there. If you're in Crystal Lake, you should go. It's uh, Julianne's frozen custard. So good. And I miss it so much because there's no decent frozen custard around here or near me in Maryland. Uh, yes. So there, there might, I don't know if there's one in Maryland, but a couple of them have been opening up in Virginia and they're called Abbott's. Oh, okay. I have not so tried. So check it out. I will. When we're back, when we're up there in October, I will, I will seek one out. Okay. Cause there's, there's one in, there's a couple in Loudoun County. Okay, good. I mean, that's drivable. Yeah. if necessary. So you you had this in Sidecar and I was very like, oh, I miss frozen custard so much. So I went on to Gold Belly, which I love Gold Belly so, so much. Just like sometimes I'm like, I need to treat myself and I'm going to go find some delicious food from somewhere in the country and have it shipped to me. And uh, so I found this place called Anderson's Frozen Custard and uh, they had pints and they had a, par a party pack that was pints of frozen custard and a dozen ice cream sandwiches. And I was like, Jen Coleslaw likes ice cream sandwiches for breakfast. It's frozen custard. Sounds great. So I send a pack of it to each of us. And uh, and we have in front of us today the sprinkle covered ice cream sandwich. Celebratory sprinkles. It's a real party. Look at that. It's so good. Oh, yeah. It's um, So it's chocolate wafer with vanilla custard. And then the sprinkles are red, white, and blue. Look, mine are rainbow. Oh. I have rainbow sprinkles. I got red, white, and blue ones, but also chocolate chips. See, I don't have chocolate chips. Yeah, I get sprinkles, but that's okay. I mean, it's delicious. Okay, so I'm going to take a bite. Ready? Oh, they're very soft. We let these wait a little long. I got to go to the middle. Yours look softer than mine, too. All well, right, how did I turn the air conditioner off? Mm-hmm. Man, is that delicious. It's really good vanilla frozen custard. Ingo also loves these. He's been eating them all the time. <laughs> Do you need a napkin? <laughs> so oh. Jen sent me these mm -hmm. last week. And I was having such a rough week. 
because a dog whose name rhymes with twaffles, <laughs> but we won't name, ate a whole bunch of Ladybug's diabetic food. Yeah. And I was worried he was going to bloat, which if you have dogs, that's a very serious mm-hmm. thing that can kill a dog. And it was just, and Ladybug wouldn't stop peeing on the floor. She was mad because Ben was away. And the treats came and I felt so loved. So even though this is a, you know, part of our sidecar, I mean, part of our, our agenda you know, tool. A delicious part of our agenda tool, I might add. I've been looking forward to it all day. <laughs> it just felt like I was loved at a time when I was not feeling like anyone loved me. So thank you very much for sending me ice this cream. is 100% what I was going for because, like, we could have found an easier way to just sample some frozen custard on the podcast, but I felt like you needed... A present you're a very good sender of presents and i love receiving them but i also love giving presents and i just don't get to do it all the time because it can sometimes get weird like some people are like oh you sent me this present like why did you do that and it's because i really like giving them but i feel like you are also a present person so you don't take it as weird you just take it as like i'm thinking of you and i thought you would like this and so i sent it that makes exactly me happy it. that's great um and so now so- we both have a ton of ice cream sandwiches we do and let me just say that the custard is just so much better. And I talked about I talk about custard a lot on Sidecar mm-hmm. because it is just so much richer. Yep. It's because it's got more egg in it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much richer than ice cream. But an ice cream, uh, a frozen custard sandwich is like such a good breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not overly sweet. No. I mean, they're it's- just delicious. I'm I'm so glad one that they're good and two that you also like them because I I had never had stuff from this place it just like it had good reviews it was like frozen custard I was like great like let's do it and I'm never I'm not like crazy about ice cream sandwiches I mean a lot of like the grocery store ones like the ice cream's really mediocre or there's like the very elaborate ones with like weird cookies that people make and ice cream and it's not that they're bad it's just like not my go-to but I was surprised at how much I like these. Like, I'm going to them for dessert, even though there's other dessert in the house. It's like, but I'm going to have one of those ice cream sandwiches. I think partially it's because they're not too much. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the size of a, what, like an orange? Yeah, that's about like right. They're about round as an orange, and they're about two and a half inches thick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're a good size, but they're not... Like, you definitely can't fit the whole one in your mouth. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Not that I've tried, but I think I don't, th- I don't think I could. I could probably, maybe if I cut it in half while it was still frozen, I might be able to shove half of it in my mouth. With some stretching, yeah? Yes. Definitely if we quartered it. For sure. Yep. We could shove quarters in our mouth. It'd be a big bite, but you could get it in yeah. there. But it's, it's just, it's not overly sweet. The chocolate waiver isn't overly gummy which is i think an issue with ch- mm-hmm. with ice cream sandwiches the vanilla custard isn't full of stabilizers which Such i think we have talked problem. about before so gross when it's waxy ice cream 
<laughs> There's like cold. a matrix in there holding it together. Right. So it's gross. like it's full of whatever stabilizers and it's just I'm trying to remember there was something that I ate that was just disappointing and I think I texted you about it because I was so <laughs> sad. <laughs> so um but it, that was just that's so delicious. In fact it's so delicious I didn't tell Ben what, that they're they're actually in Ben's freezer. But he doesn't know about it because I hid them. <laughs> and he's always so far behind on the podcast that by the time he gets to this and goes looking for them, they'll be all gone. <laughs> I will have eaten them all. That's great. <laughs> so uh, I'm so glad. I'm glad we got to eat one today. I've been looking forward to it all day and I'm glad that you like them. Yes, and frozen custard. Good. I mean, we can. this is a thing that we can uh, bond over. I love it. Yes. My it's favorite. It's a total Midwest thing. I never had it yeah. until I was in St. Louis. It it really is a Midwest thing. And I mean, you can get it at Culver's, which is like drive through in the Midwest. They also have um, deep fried cheese curds, which is a win um, in the drive through. But and, and there's Culver's, like there's a Culver's definitely in Virginia somewhere. So you can get like drive through frozen custard then and it's pretty good. Um but this place, Julianne's in Crystal Lake, they would make like a strawberry sundae with this like really great strawberry sauce. And uh, that was always my favorite. If I ever, I don't know that I'll go back to Crystal Lake, but uh, if I do, that's my go-to. Well, I'll send you some more strawberry sauce. I was going to, because we, I got us, your own. I got us pints of vanilla, strawberry, and then a chocolate vanilla swirl. Um, and I was going to use your strawberry sauce to make myself one, except I already ate all the strawberry sauce that you sent before. (laughs) I will send you some more. I have lots. That's great. I'll totally, I'll totally do that. Okay. All right. That's our consumable for this week. Um, going back to stuff from Sidecar, um, this may be a brief one, but I didn't know you kept bees because I also have bees. I mean, I don't have any bees down here in Florida, but I had bees for a long time up in Maryland and I'm going to get Florida bees. So, yeah. So we got bees. We took the beekeeping course the year my father got sick. Well, actually he'd been sick already, but he really loved hearing about it. So we took the course, Ben and I took the course together. And while I was in Connecticut, he got the bees and installed them. Mm. And um, my dad literally died that day. Oh, wow. And then Ben drove up to Connecticut. And uh, I think that we were, I was talking about the bees. Why was I talking about the bees? Because it like bee, was it like beekeeper day or something? I think so. Like you just sort of mentioned an aside like that you keep bees. Still. Right, but we don't. We we keep the bees, but we don't take any honey from them. Yes, that's uh, what you were because saying. Because it's it's a lot of work, and you have to uh, treat the bees differently when you take honey from them. So mm-hmm. we just let the bees. We have like a laissez-faire relationship with the bees. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they often will swarm, and sometimes I can catch a swarm and then put them in another hive box, and then sometimes I can't, and I'm just like, good luck. Yep. Uh, we have gotten honey from them before. Uh, maybe we'll do it next year. But there's a whole... The bees came into the forefront this week because the queen kept bees. Oh, and I didn't know that. She was had bees almost at many of her, pla- at her places of residence. And she was considered the head of the household. 
And there is an old English custom that you have to tell the bees the news of the household, both the good news and the bad news. And so there have been all of these headlines in the news about how the queen's bees have been told of her passing, and nobody knew what that meant. Everyone in the UK knew what that meant. Mm -hmm. And beekeepers knew. Because if you do not tell the bees, they will stop making honey out of spite. Wow. That is some spiteful bees. Yes. Well, I mean... (laughs) Uh, and so you go out and you tell the bees the news. Uh, you tell the bees when someone dies. You tell the bees when someone gets married. You you treat the bees as though they are a household, a member of the household. Mm-hmm. So you keep them up to date on all the gossip. Nice. And so, um, so I have been fielding a lot of questions from people going, <laughs> why are people telling the queen's bees that she has died? And so, um, there you go. and there's also, if you, there's like an old, uh, what's the word? Like an old wives tale, I guess, like, uh, I guess for back of a better word, if you see bees at a funeral, they are actually there to bear witness oh. uh, to the death of a person and to honor that person uh, and their life. That's nice. All so, right. Yeah. This, this is bee folklore I was unaware of. Yeah. And, and in Hawaii and in many of the tropical countries, you know, all of those beautiful, especially plumeria trees are planted yeah. in cemeteries because they smelled so bad. The cemetery did. Sure. And so they would absolutely ring the cemetery with beautiful smelling trees and flowers. And of course, the bees would come to them. Yeah. Because they pollinate them. But there you go. There's some more bee information. My be fav- informed. <laughs> My favorite just fun thing about keeping bees is that you can buy them in the mail. And uh, and people will send you a box of bees in the mail, which is a crudely constructed wood box on four sides and just like window screen on the other two sides. And then you just put a stamp on it and mail the bees and so I would often buy like two packages of bees at once and then I would get a slightly panicked phone call from my local post office. It's like, you need to come here right now. Some of them are escaping. And there'd be like one bee who somehow, I don't know, got out of the package. They all stay on the outside because the queen's on the inside. So they're not going to do anything. But it really freaks people out that there's just a screened box full of bees just going through the mail. Well, I, I never bought them through the mail before because we have enough beekeepers so that in out here in the solar suburbs, people usually <laughs> will buy a hundred packages and then distribute them. Oh, that's and you nice. Just buy them from, you know, they buy them from from other people. Yeah. But what I love is when they swarm, they look so fierce. Yeah. Right. So there's like a ball of bees on something. We have this couple little apple trees in our backyard and they almost always will swarm to the apple tree and it'll be it'll look like a you know like a rugby or a football yeah rugby ball or a football full just 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 a ball of bees and you literally could just put your hand into the bees and scoop them up yep and like smell them and they will be so gentle because they're not they're not uh, uh, protecting anything Yep. They're not in their hive. They don't have honey. They don't, they're not worried about 
they're just like they're just free and easy bees man and and so you can just go out there if real beekeepers will respond to a swarm with no gloves on without their beekeeping gear on and they'll just scoop them into a shoebox try to make sure they get the queen put the shoebox lid on put it in their car drive away like it is the <laughs> coolest thing and uh i love that i had a hive that swarmed once and i was there as they were swarming and i was like nothing i can do to keep them in there so i just sat in the grass as they swarmed and i was in kind of this cloud of bees for like you know five or ten minutes as they all i think made their way up onto a tree but they all just come pouring out of the hive they're all doing the thing but they don't care about you at all no. You just sat there and they're just everywhere around me. It was pretty epic. It's 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 really it's it's really neat and uh, and it makes me sad when people panic. Yeah. Because they think that that's somehow an aggressive thing and it couldn't be further from the truth. Like yep. you are more likely to get stung by a bee just walking through you know like your yard because you're barefoot. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, I think let's see. We've so we've had bees now for almost eleven years, and we've had a couple complete die-offs. So maybe we've had one year where we didn't have any bees, mm -hmm. and I've probably been stung maybe five or six times. Yeah, Ben's been stung more times, but he's bigger and sweatier. Oh, sure. And so he looks a little bit more like a stinky bear, <laughs> which they do not appreciate. Uh, and they, uh, they just, they are, they're, they're quite gentle. And uh, I would not say, like, I'm not sure they're doing a very good job. Like, since we got the bees, we are definitely <laughs> not getting more vegetables in our garden. <laughs> but it's also been much, much hotter in the yard. Mm -hmm. And so I think we're just not getting more tomatoes because of that. But... I mean, what I would, a lot of people say, oh, I really want to get into bees. What do I need to do? And I'm like, if you're not up for like keeping honeybees, but you want to support the whole bee program, I always say get solitary bee houses, like bee bungalows, and just put them up and the bees will find them. And we, so oh, go ahead. Solitary bees are better pollinators than honeybees anyway. So they're so actually better for the environment. You inspired Ingo with this call to be bungalows a while back. And probably six months ago, we get this weird package in the mail and I open it up and it is in fact some bee bungalows. One of them is like teardrop shaped and it hangs from a tree. It's got little tubes in it. And one of them I think is hexagon shaped and it's got all these little tubes. And we just kind of put them in a couple places and we never see much going on except now like half the little tubes are like closed over. So yes, they've been mudded up. Yep. So there's stuff going on. So we're, we're supporting the bees even though we don't get to see them. Well, you'll see them, I don't know when they will come out down there, but if it was up here, they'd come out in the, they'd eat their way out in the spring. And uh, sometimes you have to replace those tubes. Mm. So you might just check and make sure that they're not like rotted. Yeah. Uh, because you could just buy new, if it's bamboo especially, you can just buy new bamboo tubes and replace it. But, cool. but that's a great way to get involved with supporting pollinators is yeah. bee bungalows. They're awesome. And yeah. they look very cool. 
Yeah, and I actually got a bee bungalow and then completely forgot about it. It was on the carport. And I was out there working and there was like bees everywhere. And I was like, what is going on? And I look and there must have been 20 or 30 bees coming out of my nice. little teardrop bee bungalow that they had found it because they'll find it. That's awesome. So um, crown bees is my go-to for uh, solitary bee supplies. Okay. We'll put a so, link in the notes. Yeah. Crownbees.com, I think they're called. All right. Good. Yeah. Are we ready to transition? Yes, please. All right. Oh, <sighs> that's so nice to have that back again. I missed it. <laughs> uh, topic number two, nuts. You nuts. talked about macadamia nuts and rancid nuts and date nut bread, and I have comments on all three. Please, um, let's hear your comments. All right. Number one, macadamia nuts. Um when I was little, for actually throughout my childhood, my grandparents would go to Hawaii every year. It was like they had an annual trip. I have never been to Hawaii, but they would go. And one of the things that they would bring back was macadamia nuts. And they came like in a little tray. Yeah. So sometimes it was just the nuts. It was, it was like a box, like a one pound box of candy size. But in it was a little tray with like individual compartments. Like when you buy chocolate covered cherries, they have individual uh -huh. compartments. It was like that. And there was one nut in each tray. And my mom kept them in the freezer, which I never understood, but figured after your podcast, it probably is because they would go bad. Occasionally they would be chocolate covered. And I loved them so much, but they were treated as something incredibly precious. And so I would sneak them. I'd go into the freezer and I would sneak out a couple of them and eat them. And I mean, I'm the only one it could have been, but I think I figured that the family just ignored that and forgot about it. And so I'd go in and like have some, I don't, I don't know what they ever did with it, but that's my little macadamia nut story. I'm not sure I've ever had frozen ones. I, I, I mean, I've had them in, um, what is it? Sausalitos? Are those the cookies oh, yeah. that have mm -hmm. the macadamia nuts? I, I've probably had just like regular old. Yeah. Oh, look, you've got some. Yeah. Those are really good. That used to be like in college. If I really wanted to treat myself, I'd buy a bag of Sausalitos. I told you about the Maui ones, right? Which are I the can't... coconut, basically the coconut Sausalitos. I know. I can't find them. Like they don't have them at Publix here. So maybe I'll put that on the list of when I'm up in Maryland, they'll have them at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah, they, um, I love coconut. But I, I love macadamia nuts. And there's a macadamia nut outlet that we go to in Hawaii. And we buy them in one pound bags wow. and bring them home. And I didn't realize how fast they can go bad, even yeah. when they're sealed up. Because they're such a high fat nut. So that oil just can get rancid. And I gave my father-in-law some nuts for his for Christmas probably and he got so sick now it might not have been that they were rancid it could have been that he just ate an entire can of <laughs> nuts but I've always been really careful now and and I try to make sure that my nuts are in the refrigerator or in the freezer but um one of my absolute favorite desserts after coconut cake of course in Hawaii is a Okinawa sweet potato pie, which is purple. Okinawa sweet potatoes mm. are purple uh, with a hap hapia um, layer, which is like a coconut pudding. Mm. It's like a cross between a pudding and a jello. It's, it's sort of more yeah. firm than a pudding, but it's not like it's not clear like a jello. Mm -hmm. Hapia. 
and then with a macadamia nut crust. That sounds really good. It is so good. And they the pie, there's only comes in one size. And that one size is the size of a school bus steering wheel. <laughs> and so Ben and I will get in our rental car and drive up to the bakery, which is sort of on the, the, the side of the island that is not fancy and not terribly beachy, but very uh, military, mm-hmm. and go to the bakery and buy one of those things and try to eat the whole thing in a week. <laughs> But it's so delicious. That but it's that really macadamia good. nut crust. Yeah. You know, like it nuts have ruined me for like cheesecake crust or mm-hmm. certain pie crusts. Like nut crusts are the only way I roll now. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. So when you were talking, when you talked about these macadamia nuts, and them going bad in your podcast, it reminded me that um, my mom didn't bake often. Like she'd make Christmas cookies, but that was sort of it. Like we didn't have a lot of baked goods or dessert foods. And and I remember like people talking about how they really liked walnuts. And there was always a bag of walnuts in our house because we'd make these Mexican wedding cake cookies um, for Christmas, which is just like flour, powdered sugar, butter, and walnuts. And they're absolutely one of my favorite cookies are so good. And she'd make these and then we'd always have walnuts and they'd be in the cabinet. And then the next Christmas we'd use whatever walnuts were left and make more cookies. And I remember going like, walnuts are so bitter and gross. Like, I don't know why people like them. And then I moved into my own house and eventually was like, I'm going to make some cookies and I guess I'll get some walnuts. And I ate one out of the bag and I was like, this is delicious. And and eventually realized it's because all the nuts in my house growing up were rancid because they were living in the cabinet for like four years and just getting used a little bit at a time. And that nuts are good for like two weeks in your cabinet and then they start to taste funky. Right. At least walnuts won't make you sick. They just don't taste very good. Yep, that's right. But I keep all my nuts in the refrigerator now. That's very smart. Um, it, it takes up a lot. And I have a lot of nuts, but they, it, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, keep them in the fridge. For sure. Especially, I mean, especially in hot climates. Yeah. Do you have a a nut related story? Uh, I sure do. Yes, (laughs) I do. (laughs) I was looking for, like, could we do a nut related just desserts? And the answer is yes. Of course we can. Uh, I actually have two, two, well, one story and one recommendation here. Um, so here's our story. Gridley residents arrested for allegedly trying to steal walnuts. Uh, this is a slightly older story, but that's okay. Um, Dateline, Marysville. Ted, oh, sorry, not Ted. 10 is in the number. 10 Gridley residents are under arrest for allegedly picking and attempting to steal $2,000 worth of walnuts from Yuba County Orchard on Sunday. A farmer was checking his orchards on Sunday morning and noticed people on adjacent land who didn't belong there. He contacted the owners who called the Yuba County Sheriff's Office. Deputies located 11 adults and three children in the orchard. They reportedly filed a filed a truck and a vehicle filled 
I'm having trouble reading today. I need more of that ice cream sandwich. They reportedly filled a truck and a vehicle with the nuts. Ten of the 11 adults were arrested on suspicion of grand theft and trespassing. The walnuts were returned to the grower and probably the people were taken to jail. Quote, we're always encouraging people to call and report suspicious activity in their neighborhood, said the sheriff. Here's a case where it really paid off for the property owners. So, like, that's a fun story. Uh, but I would like to add in that, like, nut theft is real. And it is a scourge upon the nut growers of California. And there's a great podcast about this called Nut Jobs. You know, I saw that in our notes. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> so now I got to look up the guy's name, which I totally should have put in there. Um, so this was a podcast that originally was on Audible as like an Audible original podcast that like you get if you have an Audible membership, which I do. Uh, Mark Fennell is the podcast host. And I had originally encountered him on a different Audible exclusive podcast um, about eating hot peppers like hot chili peppers, which was uh-huh. also really good. And so it's like, hey, here's this podcast from Mark Fennell called Nut Jobs. And I was like, I will listen to it. And it's about this like mysterious theft of like $2 million worth of almonds from California and these like major nut heists and how they have this like special water that you spray on the almonds and it can be UV scanned and each batch of water has like a unique, essentially like barcode, like some code in it that can be picked up from the water you spray on them. And that's how they prevent like counterfeit nut theft. It's wild, totally like fun and entertaining. Um, and you get to know a little bit about the food system. So if you want to, I think it's like six episodes, you want to podcast about nuts and heists. Nut jobs is a good one. That is wild. I have never heard anything like that before. Well, I, I think you will like it. It's it's a little bit crazy and uh, it's pretty interesting. I honestly would never have thought that that was a thing, although of course it shouldn't surprise me. But as soon as I hear about people stealing food, I'm always just like, are they hungry? <laughs> or are they like? I always wonder, right? Like, what is it that people say? What What do you do when you see someone stealing baby formula? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> you know, so I always wonder, like, are people st- with children stealing nuts because they're hungry or, you know, because they're bad apples? Not well, the, these, these guys in the podcast stole a tractor trailer worth of almonds. That seems like a lot of almonds. It's it's a lot. It's worth a lot of money. And I don't think one person in their lifetime could eat that many. I bet Ben could try. <laughs> I get we'd have to we'd have to parse it out. I, anyway, it's a lot. Of, it's definitely commercial almond theft in these cases, though. There there's a lot of like, I think, really good commentary in the podcast about how like the people who pick these like don't get paid well and they don't have a lot of protections and they get treated like crap. And that's true around the world that like the people who produce our foods are not treated well. And uh, he kind of ends going like, so I'm eating this like trail mix with my kid. And now I know all these things about these nuts. And I kind of feel bad because I know that there's all kinds of like not great stuff that goes on behind this, but like also like all food is like that. And maybe we should think about that. Yeah, it is definitely one of those things to think of. I know that I was having a conversation with somebody on TikTok, which I don't usually have 
I don't usually comment except positive stuff on TikTok. Like, that's my little ray of sunshine in a mm -hmm. bizarre sort of place. But they were talking about some sort of food system that was really harmful to the worker and that you should do cashews instead. And I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> um, but cashews actually have like a toxic layer that people like have to peel off. The workers have to peel off and they have no protection. And it's it it causes all kinds of nerve pain. And it's basically like sticking your hand in poison when wow. you peel off the layer of a cashew. So please do not tell people that cashews are somehow better than almonds, better than this or better than that. Like, like before you start saying this is better than that, make sure you know what you're talking about. And she's like, I had no idea. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Oh, well, but, that's a good discussion. Yeah, no, it was it was productive. But I think people don't realize that there are no there are no good systems. Like there are yeah. just less bad ones. That's right. You know, unless you're growing it yourself. Which like do if you can, if you have yes. the ability. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, okay. So the last item under nuts is just, I thought I'd give us a recipe for the week. Because um, when we were talking about nuts, one of my favorite recipes to make, and it's coming up on time that you can make it, is cranberry orange walnut bread, which is not like date nut bread, which had a food holiday last week. Right. Um, but it's really good. So you can do it just like get a bag of fresh cranberries at the store. It's okay if you freeze them. I sometimes buy like 10 bags and then put a bunch in the freezer so I can make this bread for a long time. So fresh cranberries, walnuts, and then it uses like orange juice and some flour and sugar. And that's kind of it. It's like a really easy, like good breakfast bread. You could make it into muffins, I guess. Um, it's so delicious and really easy to make. So I'll share the recipe for that. It's a thing where it's like if we're having like a little like lunch and everybody just kind of bring a thing, I'll often bring that in okay. like fall and winter time and it's always a big hit. So you sent me the link in a text and I didn't click through, but what's the, is there no fat? There's, I don't really put any in it. So I think the recipe that I have written has like two tablespoons of butter, but I okay. often make it without that and it's just fine. Okay. I've been experimenting. I'm eating cinnamon coffee cake for breakfast these days because I love it so much. And I've been messing around with recipes. So like you can find great recipes for it online. And they have like four sticks of butter. And I'm like, I cannot do that in the morning. And so I've been like, how much of this can I substitute with like applesauce versus butter? And I have finally landed on a recipe and I tried making it without any fat, just with applesauce. And it was kind of gummy and gross. So I found so a good balance. I have a great cinnamon coffee cake recipe that was my auntie ethel's oh and it. instead of butter i use non-fat vanilla yogurt oh and it works like that oh my gosh and it's I want even this better recipe. send so it to me i, need I will it. send it to you <laughs> um i'm gonna make it for uh sheep days i'm so sad that i'm gonna miss sheep i cannot days. believe you are not making a special trip up for or that you're not sending ingo up ingo's not <laughs> don't we need something in maryland <laughs> Maybe I'll see uh, if I can catch a special flight up on like tomorrow afternoon and so I can be there on Thursday for the sheep. Well, here's the thing. So the sheep are really cheap. Sheep are cheap. cheap they are sheep. definitely going to be coming at least twice a year. All right. All right. Because we have uh, this this problem with invasive vines. Yeah. And we have poison ivy and Ben and I are both terribly allergic to poison ivy. And the sheep love to eat it. So 
they will be coming again in the spring. Okay. I will make a point okay. to build my spring schedule around being there we'll, for it. Well, I'll make sure that when they come is when you can come too. Okay, good. I need okay. them. All right, I need cool. them in my life. All right, okay. let's do a transition. Ready? Yep. Ooh. God, it's so good. Um, okay. Food holidays. This is food holidays and the next item are just like little notes that I wanted to add. Um, you do food holidays, of course, every week on Sidecar. And I just wanted to throw out there that we are like kindred spirits in this because probably three or four years ago, I put together a food holiday bot on Twitter that is still active. I, I kind of revved it up again recently. Uh, it's, it's like National Food Days, but it's like NATL Food Days. And it's basically working from the same list that you have, I think. And it just automatically tweets out like, hey, today is National Purple Custard Day or whatever. Uh, and so, you know. Yeah, I love those food holidays. Some of them are so bonkers. The one that I use, the I use two different calendars. One is covers like all holidays, whether they're food or National Secretary's Day or whatever. And the yeah. other one is this food holiday out of the Netherlands. Ooh. And I think that's why it's so <laughs> weird. And uh, has things that are like not in the right season for the United States and stuff like that. Even though, honestly, the oh. Netherlands and the U.S. are pretty much on the same, we're in the same hemisphere, right? So, yeah. um, but it, uh, there's definitely some wacky things in there. And, and, you know, I started doing that just on Twitter every like Sunday. And that's how the sidecar podcast sort of evolved was that, well, why don't I just make that into a, a podcast every week? I'll just say, tell you what the food holidays were. So, and I editorialize, you know, like I love it. custard. And like, if you don't know by now that my favorite frozen custard thing is a frozen custard vanilla milkshake with a shot of espresso in it, then you clearly <laughs> don't know me. <laughs> Uh, so that's it. Just wanted to note that we both love the food holidays. Um, and then you also were advocating in your, you know, change of the month podcast about saying rabbit, rabbit, um, to bring good luck. And I thought I would give you my rabbit story, uh, which is my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Hanky, who was a great teacher. And I think she, the year I had her was the last year and then she retired. Um, she taught us for what for her was rabbit 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 to say on the first of the month but it was a competition if you say it to someone first you get the good luck but if they say it to you first they get the good luck so the goal is to find someone and say rabbit 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 to them on the first of the month before they can say it to you and it has since then always been a contest for me especially like with people that i'm dating so now ingo and i have an ongoing competition to see who can say it first and I'd say 50-50 as to who wins. I sometimes win because it, I'm awake at midnight and he's not. And so then I'll wake him up and tell him. But some, not always. I try not to disrupt the sleep too much. Sometimes I'll just send a text. So then he wakes up and he's going to check the text. Uh, but sometimes he gets me with it. So I definitely always say it, but it's a slightly different twist on it from what you have. Well, I'll tell you, the one month I didn't do it, was December 2020. Oh, you, you ruined everything. And that was the month I was diagnosed with breast cancer. 
Oh, geez. Oh, that's right. December 2020 is like in the middle of the pandemic. Right. In the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And it was the it was the run up to insurrection days. Yeah, it was. So see what happens when you don't say it? <laughs> like, you may not feel like you have good news, but look what happens when you don't do it. I mean, good, very good point. All right. So, well, it's not a worry. I always do it anyway. Okay, good work. But um, so that's it. That's my rabbit rabbit bit. And uh, all right, it's time for <gasps> old episode flashbacks. Cal- callbacks. <laughs> Rotten potatoes like strike again. Yeah. So, so those of you may remember that one of our very first podcasts that we did together, we talked about bad smells. Yeah. <laughs> and that we agreed that one of the very worst smell in the entire universe is a rotten potato. Oh, it's so bad. So part of last week's fun and games. <laughs> when you were feeling unloved and not cared for. Was that I kept finding little flies in the kitchen. I have a thing about fruit flies. I really don't like fruit flies at all. I mean, I don't, they're like not a big deal. I don't know why they bother me so much. It's not because I'm a neat freak, that's for sure. <laughs> but I'm like finding all these fruit flies and yet there's no produce out on the counter. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out and I was just like, wait a minute. Did Ben put potatoes in that drawer that I told him not to put potatoes in that drawer? And I opened that drawer. <laughs> and there were potatoes in it. I know there were. There were because I texted you. <laughs> Even before I texted him. <laughs> I mean, you I could knew. let a little let a little of that anger out at me first before Ben gets well, his but text. <laughs> I, I felt like I would actually get sympathy or empathy from and you. And you did, for I sure. Did. I absolutely did. Like, you are so supportive. You're really, like, such a good friend. Thank you. You are, too. Thank you. <laughs> and I was just, like, I, I was, and I, like, pulled the potatoes out, and they hadn't even been in there for more than, like, a month. But the problem is that there's no air, and it's right next to the oven. Yep. Nice, Like, warm. the worst place for potatoes. You want cool mm-hmm. and dry, not, like, humid and warm. Yep. And so half the potatoes had liquefied. Oh, no. Oh, the worst. And so oh. I pulled the bag out, and it's leaking now all over the floor. Oh. And on me, and I'm just like. No. no. And I was just so angry. <laughs> I almost went and put them in, like, Ben's, ben's <laughs> pillow. In fact, that is what I said. If you ever put potatoes in that drawer again. I'm going to pull them out a month later and then put them in your pillowcase. <laughs> I was so mad. I was so mad, Jen. I was just... Ah! And so I dragged them out to the garbage can like with a, a, a trail of oh. potato and bug slime. Gross. And then Waffles was like, what's going on? Because he's starting to feel better. And he's wondering why he's not getting any supper because he's still all looking like a beagle sausage. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll eat that. I'm like, don't eat. No. Oh. It was awful. It was awful. It took like two days to get the smell out of the kitchen. It takes so long. I'm so sorry. We had a rotten potato this week, but it just shriveled up into like mummy potato. Ooh. So it was fine. I was like, good job. If you got to go, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Um, okay, it is time for listener mailbag. Oh, listener mailbag. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and we have good questions today. Yeah, it's my turn to ask questions of you. Okay. Um, are you a journey person or a destination person? So, I think it sort of depends. Mm-hmm. Like, I love road trips. Yep. And sometimes it doesn't even matter that we have some place to go because we have fun just being on the road. So Ben and I take a lot of road trips. Uh, we like to go out to UVA, um, to Charlottesville. That's nice. And we often will take a different route. And, you know, it's very historic out that way. So there's historical mm-hmm. markers. And if we don't know what the marker is, I'll Google it and I'll we'll learn something. So... And that way, I'm a journey person. But I also have special places I like to go a lot. Yeah. And that's pretty much any beach. And uh, so, and in that case, I am a destination person because I don't care how I get there as long as I'm at the beach. Yep. Uh, So I think it sort of depends on what the, you know, what the, where we're going you know, what, what the destination yep. is, um, and certainly what the journey is. Because it, uh, when we're going to Hawaii and it's a 10-hour, 11-hour flight, I'm not about that journey. Nope. <laughs> Faster would be better. <laughs> you know, so uh, a, a road trip to Charlottesville or to, you know, and I, I mean, we always drive up to see my mother, and that's not really a journey I enjoy because yeah. it's just on 95. Yeah, I mean, a journey on 95 can be exciting one or two times, and then it's the same. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Uh, question number two. What's a thing that other people do and they see it as like a big accomplishment that they're really proud of, and it just makes you sad that that's a thing that that they think is actually an achievement? Running marathons. Yeah. Just kidding. Oh, there's people who totally... (laughs) This was actually in... Is it Gone Girl? Where they talk about, I think it's in Gone Girl, but some novel, and they're talking about how the woman is sort of one of these strivers, and she's in New York City, and uh, you know she'd run marathons, and they moved to Iowa, and uh, and she's telling people out there she's running marathons, and everybody just looks like they kind of feel bad for her that she's saying that, and I was like, oh, I can totally see, like I never thought of it that way, but I can totally see why people would be like, oh, you're one of those people who runs marathons. So well, see, I wouldn't I don't, be offended. I don't really have anything specific, but just anything that people are so attached that, that, that they, they sow their personality to. Yeah. That they hitch their personality to that wagon as if the rest of their personality doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it's a, a CrossFit or, um, or a, a sporty thing, or um, summiting Mount Everest, or or having and beating cancer. Like when that becomes your entire life, yeah, to the exclusion of everything else, that makes me sad because yep. we all have lots of things to offer. And I would hope that if I became one of those people who only talked about having cancer or only talked about whatever it is, I only talk about. Cus- frozen custard with a shot of espresso <laughs> that someone would say you know what you're more than that jen yeah um but i think a- another thing that i think of that makes me personally sad is when my girlfriends 
have kids and they exclude me from their new world. Yeah. Because I don't have kids. Yep. And they become people who exist only to be mommies. And like, I love that for them, but I don't understand why everyone else who doesn't have kids gets excluded. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know whether they don't have the bandwidth for non-kid people, but I'm such a good auntie. Right. And, and I, I'm like the kind of support person who shows up when you get home from the hospital with like a lasagna and I'll do the laundry for a week. Like, like you really want me to be part of your family. Yeah. And when I don't get invited to someone's first birthday party, my feelings are hurt. They should be. And so I don't, that makes me sad when that happens. Yeah. When people that I've known for a long time, whether we went to high school or college together, or we know each other professionally and become friends or even family, like even within family that has happened. And then I, and then Ben and I just get cut out of the Mm -hmm. picture because we don't have kids of our own. Um, I don't, that, that makes me sad. And and it makes me sad for them that they are excluding people who could bring other things to the table. Yeah. For both them and their kids. Totally. Well, a lighter final question uh, that we get a lot is how did we meet? Well, it's funny. I have been waiting for you to ask me this. It shows up in Twitter all the time, and I just like it felt like we have time to do it today. So, as you know, Ingo went to UVA. Yep. Law school. Yep. At the same time that Ben did. That's right. Undergrad. But what people probably don't know about Ben was that he was a German major. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that about him. He wanted to be a, a translator for the U.S. government because his father was in the military. And awesome. so that was his plan was to be, and his father was actually stationed in, I don't know, one of the Ramstein or whatever in Germany. Yeah. Um, and so Ben wanted to be a German translator for awesome. the government. But he needed a tutor. Yep. And Ingo was doing a little side work, tutoring for cash. And so the two of them got to know each other. They were not besties or anything. And uh, eventually Ben did not finish UVA and Ingo became a lawyer and left UVA. I was going to say, I didn't think Ben had finished the, like I didn't know the German thing about Ben. That's not what he ended up getting his degree in. Well, he didn't finish. Oh, he didn't finish. Okay. No. But he, um, then, then, you know, we eventually Ben and I met and he moved to Providence and we moved back to Virginia and I got this job at Clean Fairfax where I answer a lot of questions about recycling. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from Ingo and somehow we all made the connection. He wanted to know, he was living, he had the house in Fairfax still. He wanted to know if he could recycle VHS tapes. 
he is a, a dedicated recycler. He he pulls my stuff out of the trash to separate it into pieces to recycle. So I am not surprised that he's throwing out VHSs and wants to know. So we ended up talking about like a million different things. And I made the connection that he was the Ingo from UVA who tutored Ben in German. And it was Ingo and Ben who introduced me and Jen to each other. Yep. Yep. Like almost 10 years ago. It's one of those um, kind of glitch in the matrix kind of things. Yes. Right? Like, like the fact that you remember that, like Ingo is a distinctive name, but that's not totally not a thing that I would have put together. And that he called and that you just got that. I mean, it's pretty amazing. It's not very hot often that we have these small world things that happen in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a Rhode Island thing. Yeah, small, like, tiny place Rhode Island is. Right. But that, that it happened here. And I remember going home and saying, do you remember Ingo? And he's like, by German tutor? And I was like, <laughs> yes. You'll never guess who called me at the office today. He was like, no, sir. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I mean, it took a while longer before you and I, like, made our acquaintance with each other and... Ben and Ingo, because I think one of the questions in the Twitter was whether or not Ingo and Ben were were just husband friends or they were friends friends. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a good question for this week. Um, they are basically just husband friends. But I think that, you know, when you're up here more and stuff, they'll do more stuff together. Yeah, I mean, Ingo likes Ben a lot, but yeah. I just think they, you know, you and I, we talk all the time and right. share stuff all the time. And they just, they're, they're really boys. happy to hang out. But that's right, they're boys. <laughs> right. But when Ingo is up here, we try to get together. Yeah. Because he's up here like every four days, it seems. <laughs> I think the road trips from the Keys to Maryland are sort of his way of just getting some alone time. Aww. And, um, you know, like... It, I, I love alone time. So I'm always like going to go do this thing by like need some time by myself. And, uh, and so he's always free to do stuff. But I think he really likes just like 20 hours in the car each way to like listen to his music and his podcast and kind of be by himself. And so it makes sense that like every few weeks, he's like, I'm just gonna take a few days and like go hang out. And that's, that's great. And then he ends up there and you get to hang out with him. <laughs> that's right. We try to make sure that he gets a, a meal in him. We'll meet him I mean, out for supper. It's a real challenge sometimes with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Should we talk about uh, the onslaught of emus or stunt candy? I think maybe time? we should do a Twitter poll. Oh, okay. Because we've got episodes queued up both on uh, emus and uh, stunt candy with a consumable that is currently smelling a little weird in my pantry. Um. Yes. So you, they the the listeners can let us know which one they want us okay. to do next. Because we the, will have to figure out how to get, you know, like emu wings. <laughs> no. Yeah, we don't have a we, consumable. We're not, not going to eat emus. <laughs> we're just thinking about maybe getting an emu egg and making it into like a quiche or a scrambled egg or something. Yeah. Did you say you have a source on those? I think that we may have some at, the, we may be able to get them at the farmer's market. All right. I mean, you can't send me one, but Not we'll easily. figure it out. No. But I might be able to make cookies with them. Oh, yeah, that would work. Yeah. All right. I'll well, see, I'll see. Yeah, check we'll, this weekend. We'll see what people say. 
All right. Okay. Uh, good. So until the next episode, remember to be gentle with one another. But hard on the systems of oppression. See you next time. Bye.